Welcome to the Evolution Exchange NHS podcast. At Evolution NHS, we're committed to helping people and NHS organisations realise their potential. Our goal is to develop deep relationships with individuals, building trust to make doing business easier. We collaborate with NHS organisations to help them build high-performing digital teams. We achieve this by working together, sharing insights into the ever-evolving NHS and digital industries best practices. I'm Rose from Evolution Recruitment and today I'm your host. Today we have uh, a panel of fantastic people, uh, three NHS leaders from the Lincolnshire region. We've got Jimmy Brightwalker, Steve Pitwell and Carolyn Holmes. Uh, just want to let you know the views expressed by guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect official position or policy of their organisation. So we'll start with some introductions and hear from the panellists themselves before we move on to discussing their work within Lincolnshire. With that, uh, Jimmy, if you can please introduce yourself first. Yeah, thanks, Rose. Um, so hi, everyone. My name's Jimmy Pride-Walker. So I've, I've, I've got two hats, um, well, many in fairness, but um, I, I'm head of digital health for Lincolnshire Community Health Services, so responsible for digital strategy. Um, and delivery um, and cyber and systems, everything that kind of goes along with that. Um, and then within the integrated care system, I'm also the pillar lead for research, innovation and design, um, as well as being a father and a, and a husband and uh, yeah, local resident of Lincolnshire. Um, in terms of, I suppose, my passions, my, my main passion is to develop people to fulfil their potential. Um, and that's why I work in the NHS. I'm surrounded by amazing people, uh, and I'm also passionate about technology. Uh, so yeah, that that's a little bit about me. Perfect. Thank you very much, Jimmy. And we'll come to you next, Steve, if that's okay. Yep, sure. Good morning. Um, so my name's Steve Pitwell. I am the Senior Digital Business Partner for Primary Care in Lincolnshire, which means that I, I look after 83 different practices, um, 15 different PCNs, um, I formed the bridge between our primary care strategy groups and our system-wide digital strategy groups in order to make sure that primary care get the best possible outcomes out of what we invest in in, in digital technology. Um, we are passionate, I'm passionate about um, helping our population to be able to access health as they want to, when they want to. Um, we don't want to push digital solutions for the sake of digital solutions. Everything we do is clinically driven and it's driven by the needs of our public. Um, so yes, um, primary care is quite a, quite a big uh, organization in Lincolnshire, as I say, um, but it's a lot of fun and there's a lot happening in primary care. Um, despite the challenges that we, we face at the moment, um, we are trying to do an awful lot to help our population to access their health. Brilliant, thank you. And we're looking forward to hearing more about that soon. Um, finally, we'll come to Carolyn. Hello, everyone. I'm Carolyn Holmes. I'm Head of Informatics for Lincolnshire Partnership, which is the Mental Health Trust in Lincolnshire. As my colleagues do, I have a number of different hats. My, my main role is Head of Informatics, and beneath that sits Digital Systems, ICT Programmes and Records and Information Governance. But I'm also the Trust's Clinical Safety Officer and Chief Nursing Information Officer as well. So that definitely keeps me busy. Um, I'm very proud to work for the NHS. I have all my working life. Um, I live in Lincolnshire, so 
um, really key to be involved with the delivery of services for friends and family in the region too. And what I'm really passionate about is around the, the role of the digital nurse, um, thinking about other professionals and non-professionals within that as well, but looking at how we can upskill them, how we can undertake training needs analysis to know where those gaps are. So listening and understanding what their digital needs are and then delivering on those. Excellent. Oh, thank you so much. And thanks all three of you for joining me today. What a fab panel. Um, we are going to be hearing about what's going on in Lincolnshire at the moment. So I'll come back to you, Carolyn, if you can give us some insight of what you're working on. Absolutely. So um, um, there are um, a, a number of things that we're working on at the moment, both in terms of across the system, as well as within Lincolnshire Partnership itself. Um, so within Lincolnshire Partnership, some of the work that we're doing at the moment is uh, looking at how we can engage our patients more with digital. Um, and one of the key pieces of work we're looking at is some work with web forms um, and being able for within our digital memory assessment service for our GPs to be able to refer in directly to that service and for that to lead to our patients being able to do online assessments. And the, the basis of that is that we get a lot of information then that enables us to be able to provide um, quicker inter, uh, quicker quicker treatment um, so that we can offer the, the right treatment to those patients moving forward. So they will um, undertake that online assessment and then we'll respond to that, offering them earlier appointments. Perfect. That sounds really interesting. Um, Steve, to add to that, what are you up to at the moment? So in, in primary care, we um, uh, part of what we do is we try to we we have a a, a system wide saying um, or, or strap line, if you like, that we that we've just developed ourselves, and it's about having a digitally um, enabled workforce looking after a digitally empowered population. So from the from the workforce point point of view, um, we um, we I work very closely with a company called Arden and Gem, who are our um, commercial support unit. They supply our IT needs in primary care, our cybersecurity, our help with procurement. Um, so, so making sure that all of the practices have got the the IT infrastructure they need and um, the equipment that they need to be able to do their jobs. So that's an ongoing piece of work, and um, um, you know we have a continual refresh program going on with that. At the moment, within that side of things, the technology side of things, we are um, putting in new patient arrival screens into every practice to help people to log in when they get to their practice. And uh, we are refreshing the Wi-Fi in all of our practices. So two fairly big pieces of work that are going on there. Um, we're also looking very closely at um, virtual desktop interfaces, which will allow clinicians and, and um, all of our workforce to work on any device anywhere and be able to um, connect into um, the clinical system and into the, all of their support IT systems. Um, and uh, we're also looking at, um, from a hardware point of view, putting some um, touch screens into public places, not necessarily into 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 um, practices, but somewhere in the community that um, 
allow people that can't normally access digital services to be able to use some systems to get information. So we're looking at some some touchscreen sort of kiosk booths um, and some loan devices, some some uh, um, handheld devices, you know, tablets that people can use as well. So from that sort of hardware side, we're doing that. Um, on the other side of things, we we launched online consultation systems some time ago. We launched them very quickly in response to COVID. Um, we'd planned a, a slow rollout, which would have taken place between sort of 2021 and 2024, but we had to do it all very quickly to support our clinicians to keep working through COVID. Um, so we've got online consultation systems out there, which allow people um, to be able to access their, their, their general practice at their own time digitally. And of course that helps us to, um, to, to get people to the right care so that if they need to see a nurse, they can see a nurse. If they need to see a physiotherapist, they can see a physiotherapist. If they need a pharmacy review, then, then a, a clinical pharmacist can, can do that with them, um, which then frees up time, hopefully, for the GPs to see people face-to-face -face that need to be seen face-to-face. -face. Um, so we work at very different levels with online consultations across the patch. Um, some of our practices are in areas where it's easier to put those um, initiatives in and other areas where it's more difficult because the population perhaps don't have as much access to digital services. Um, so it's a, it's a mixed bag. You know, we try and support all of that wherever we can. Um, and we've recently put a, a big education program together for all of our practices as well, where they can, they can access um, all sorts of different resources from just about how you might use Microsoft 365 to how to get the best out of your online consultation system. Um, and then on top of the online consultation systems, we have lots of other initiatives going on. We work with a company called AccuRx. So we've got smart SMS messaging. We've got patient questionnaires that can be um, that, that can be used to, in order to get better information from our patients um, and to, you know, just to put all this together to try and give better care. That sounds absolutely amazing. It sounds like you've been very, very busy. Um, <laughs> and I know you work very closely with Jimmy. Um, so I'm sure you'll be working on some of those similar projects and things, Jimmy, but do you want to come in uh, and add to that? Yeah, and I think that, that yeah, my reflection, just, you know, listening, we, we spend a lot of time together. Um, we have very um, close similarities, you know, we're di different services, but the same population, same passionate people and, and, and clinicians and medics and, you know, that, that we're working with. And for me, it's just about making sure that they are digitally enabled. Um, and I think we've got so much technology, more than we've ever had. And then for our workforce, and we hear about it in the media all the time, you know, we have amazing demands and pressures. And actually, how does the technology help our people to do their job rather than having to be this restrictive or cumbersome difficult to navigate um set of things that doesn't necessarily help them and i think that's the that's the the hybrid or the the area that we're trying to support people with now so like steve talks about and carolyn in terms of so how do we make sure that our staff not only have access to this but then have the skills and tools available to use it at, in, in its best place um so whether that's from um something like a collaboration platform like sharepoint onedrive you know all of the new um uh, platforms that are available to us as an nhs to allow us to work within our organizations and across the organizations within lincolnshire 
but then how are our electronic patient record systems how are they mature how do they uh, enable the staff to provide the best possible care by linking the technology together um i think the the other bit and steve touched on it a little bit in terms of the the devices for our patients but um when within um lincolnshire we're also focusing on so if if we're going to be offering these digital tools as part of our services how are we supporting our our patients our population to be able to use it so is it that they don't have access to a device or connectivity so we're helping by loaning devices with sim cards in so that people um can access or at least practice and, and understand the benefits or is it their skills and uh, and the capability so actually what are they worried about what else can it help them with and actually if a, a patient has a health condition how can we help them interact with our services digitally so maybe they don't have the you know we're a rural county we've with the infrastructure there's long distances between a number of our sites how can we reduce some of those inequalities by using technology but without creating another dependency or or, or isolating another group of people so it, it's really complex but i think that the, the, it's the people bit that we've talked about that's the bit we're trying to navigate and overcome at the moment amazing oh fantastic points there jimmy and uh, as you're working together carolyn wants to come back in here if you don't mind adding your point yeah so i think that that what both steve and, and jimmy says is is absolutely crucial that we've got a lot of the infrastructure we've done a lot um of work in ensuring that the technology is there that it's in place um, and now we've got to the point where we've got to look at how we how we use that and how we use that for the benefit of our patients. So um, across Lincolnshire, we have a Lincolnshire care portal for our shared care record. So we've been doing lots of work on that to ensure that our individual EPR, the data within our EPRs is available for that frontline care so that staff can access the latest information on patient no matter which a provider organisation that they're working in, in terms of health and care. Um, but now we also need to look at what the benefit can be for the patient. So that's about frontline care, but how can patients access that? And how can our patients, our communities um, be able to access information that we hold about them in one place, rather than them having to have a different way of interacting with whichever provider they they go to so we're really interested in looking at how the nhs app can support with that so we certainly have some views going forward and, and steve's been particularly actively involved in that bab um i love how you're all working together um, and it'd be great to hear about your collaboration as an icb um, and how you're working together to create this environment and it would be fab to hear any practical tips as well to any other ICBs that might be struggling with this at the moment. So, uh, Jimmy, do you want to start us off? Oh, give me the simple question. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, like I said, we've been working on this for quite a long time. Um, I, I think that I, I've, I've, how long have I, so I've, I'm, I've, I'm quite, um, 
early into my NHS journey compared to a lot of people that I work with. But so I'm, I think, 14 years in, and as long as I've been working, there's been some form of collaboration from, you know, a shared IT infrastructure or network or or working together. But it feels like we've taken a number of steps recently um, to kind of help us. Um, so we we work together. So we have kind of like our um, digital data and technology board which is represented by um all um ics partners um so that's kind of like the the governance structure that we have that's almost holding the the digital delivery to account which is the very formal you know that we all organizations particularly in nhs have an element of that or have that i think the bit that we are doing is that we so we're focusing on our relationships if that makes sense so we acknowledge that different organizations have will have and continue to have different priorities because they are separate organizations however as we are aligning that as an integrated care system how what are the similarities what are the opportunities for us to do something once what are the what are we learning so that so that each organization isn't doing the same thing 10 times and making similar mistakes how are we applying that learning? So when we talk about a number of things, like Carolyn talks about the shared care record, how do we all make sure that as a principal, we are sharing our information in and we're making sure that all of our staff are aware what the purpose is and what the benefits are. So we have a clear message, making sure that, for example, from an information governance review, people understand what the risks are, what their responsibilities are and how we can share data across and within organizations um but also I, I think that it is around us coming together and sharing our priorities so that when when we've recently done a, a piece of work which was like our digital transformation and investment plan there was a lot of work that although it was ongoing it was sometimes in isolation and, and some people pieces of work were happening and then someone else within the digital space didn't know what was what was going on so actually bios almost making it thematic so actually what are we doing within these different um areas how do we contribute and then how do we apply resource and budgets to make sure that we get these priorities delivered um and i suppose the the, the other bit is i talked about relationships um so Recently, we've started a like an organizational development um, journey where we're all going to get together, um, looking at psychological um, profiling, relationships, the theory, all this kind of stuff, so that we can become a high-performing team. I think that that previously that happens within organizations and departments and divisions within, and there's a focus on structurally how that how that happens and how you get the the most effective team functioning. But then when you go across boundaries, it gets really complicated and there's so many varying factors that actually we need to build trust. We need to hold relationships and we need to have, we need to have really difficult conversations with each other to say, yes, we agree, but this is, this is our priority and this is the thing. So there's one pound in Lincolnshire that we have to spend in the best possible way. So how are we going to do that? Um, but I, and I suppose that, that, there's a lot of practical stuff that we that we have done. Try, yeah, it it's it's vast. Yeah, it sounds it sounds complicated, 
It sounds like you're making waves there. Um, both of you have come in. I'll come to you first, Carolyn. Um, yeah, I think some of the things that Jimmy's just mentioned, like the OD work, which is uh, just kicked off before Christmas and we're, we're continuing at the moment, it's going to be really interesting because, of course, it takes all sorts to make a team, you know, with people with different skill sets and, and bringing those together and getting the best out of them. So I'm, I'm quite excited about that, that piece of work. But I think going back to the um, original question and in terms of um, how we've come together, and as, as Jimmy says, we've worked together for years, um, but I think COVID had a huge impact on us working mm. more closely yeah. together. Um, and there was a point, you know, for quite some time at the beginning of COVID where we were meeting every day to um, to understand what the ask was from um, from the system and from our individual organisations and how we could help each other, whether it was that there was a number of laptops that were needed and I had some laptops and I could loan those across to uh, another provider um, or whether it was some advice on how to manage something, how we were rolling out teams um, at, at great pace. So I think that made a huge difference and I think we learned to trust each other at that point that we we came together we look we got to know each other and i think that's really important in terms of uh, generating those those relationships um and being able to trust each other and being able to phone each other up and ask the stupid questions that you might not want to when you don't really know people so, so i think we really know each other well um and as jimmy was uh, was talking uh, about priorities but we all have our individual trust priorities, but we also have system priorities and they have been agreed by all of us. So we know that um, our local acute provider needs um, an EPR, that that's what we need to focus on because that benefits all of the citizens of Lincolnshire. Um, and so we really 100% are behind that and support that aim of theirs and are now involved in some of their working parties in order to support them with that piece of work uh, and we've got the benefit of having EPRs already so we can feed into that and they can learn from um, from our experiences with that but we also all need telephony so that's another priority we also all use Office 365 so that's another priority how do we share that use and that knowledge and do work for each other across the system so that we're not all doing it individually and duplicating work unnecessarily. And I suppose that's one of the, the main aims of the, of the ICS is around reducing duplication where possible. And so a lot of our work is on supporting neighbourhood teams or place-based teams and how we can support them digitally to work together, to share information safely um, and that includes our third sector partners as well as our, our health and care partners. So that's become much wider over the last couple of years as well. Excellent. Great collaboration. Um, Steve, lastly, to you. Yeah, um, I absolutely um, uh, reflect and agree with everything that Jimmy and Karen said there, that COVID was an incredible time of cooperation um, across the whole system. And um from a primary care point of view, without the support of colleagues from all all areas of the system, we would have folded. We would have would have collapsed. And uh, you know, when it came to the vaccination program, primary care um, played a, a a fairly big part in that in, in across the county. And again, we had support from all areas of the system to put the digital systems behind the vaccination program to record the vaccination to make sure people were booked in. And uh, it, it, there, there was a huge cooperation. And I think it did bring us. 
you know, times of adversity do tend to bring people together. And, you know, as Carolyn said and Jimmy said, you know, we were meeting every day. Um, we kept going. We kept a lighthearted spin on things wherever we could. We kept each other's spirits up when, when somebody was struggling. Um, and it was an important part of our of our team gelling together. I think as we go forward, from a primary care point of view, it's always very difficult. Um, or it has been traditionally difficult to, to try and pull that into system thinking because you've got so many different factions in primary care itself. You know, there's 85 practices out there, all individual little units with, with different ways of working, different objectives, different demographics, different patient lists. Um, so, so, so it's trying to pull them together and then make sure that that plugs in um, to what's going on on the system level. And I think there's huge opportunity in primary care um, when we look at our, our primary care networks, our PCNs that are developing at different paces, admittedly, but they are all developing. You know, there is an aspiration for those to become neighbourhood units and to, to, to provide much more than just a visit to your GP, um, you know, where, where, whereby um, Carolyn services from, from mental health institutions and from, from Jimmy, from, from community services, We'll all be able to use um, the same sort of facilities um, and, and the same access to data, which is very important. Um, so there's a big opportunity for, for primary care to be more joined into the system than it ever has been before. And that's definitely one of my goals and at the top of my agenda. Bob, I think that brings us nicely to our next talking point. So moving on to who it benefits, uh, the citizen, and we're going to see what services are available to them. Um, so let's go to back to you, Steve, if that's okay. okay. <laughs> so, so as I touched on earlier, um, yes, we, we, we've got online consultation systems out there now, um, that, that, um, people can take advantage of, um, they're at different levels with different practices. Some practices rely on them a lot more than other practices. Um, but within every practice, even if there isn't a, um, a online consultation system of itself, there are online ways of of working with that practice or, or accessing your services. Um, and people often say to me, well, how, surely that disadvantages people who don't have access to digital services or don't understand how to use them. Um, and yeah, it, it would be very easy to think that that was the case. The way that I look at it, when we empower our, digitally empower our, our population, because some people will use digital services, that should free up time for other people to be able to get to their practice so that they're not waiting on the phone for four hours in the morning trying to get through to their practice. We know that happens. We know it's challenging that um, you know, practices are overwhelmed with with demand at the moment and are trying to deal with it as best they can. So it's really important that um, you know we make these services available for our citizens, including that integration with the NHS app where people will be able to see their, their, their records and they will be able to, I can order, um, prescriptions you can you can you can access quite a lot of things um, in terms of self-help and diagnostics on the NHS app so we try to keep that all plugged into it as well um, I think we've got a lot of work to do with giving our citizens the confidence to use these systems it's very new you know it's very difficult if you're not feeling well to think do I trust it? talking to my computer putting in a, an online consultation into my practice Am I going to get the best possible care? Is that that practitioner going to bring me into the practice, or am I just going to be left in in limbo? So, no, it's very important that we that we look at ways of building that confidence with with our citizens and giving them the um, 
um, not just the confidence, but the understanding of how to access those systems. Um, you know, giving the confidence that if a GP sees your online consultation, you will be brought into the practice if that GP needs to see you. But hopefully, time has been made free in those those slots for face-to-face -face where people that can see a pharmacist or can be dealt with online are dealt with online. So for me, that's that's where we've got to go in terms of helping our citizens. Um, I, I'd like to see us put some videos together and some some some, and we've done this before, and we do do continue to do that around our our our, our, our uh, practice um, and citizen groups to try and give people um, the information that they need and the confidence they need. But we need to do more of that. I think they're our biggest stakeholder by far, the public, and uh, we need to look after them that way. Oh, I love that. Never heard it put into those terms before. Um, Jimmy, can you add to that, please? Yeah. So I, I, just to support what Steve said, you know, it's a, it's around making sure that it's appropriate for what people need. But if if people are able to use these tools and reduce the demand on services, and then then it frees up the the capacity to to look after the people who who really do need it. Um, and so you know. Last week, I needed some um, some medication. I put an Ask My GP into my local um, GP surgery. Um, I was continued to work, and it was responded to by email and then a phone call. I didn't have to go in. Amazing service. And then the next day, I managed to pick up my medication without going into the without going into the GP surgery. Now, I feel I, I'm a person who's relatively healthy, luckily. Um, but all, and also I have access to a mobile phone and I, I have the ability to be able to log in, set up an account and use, you know, to navigate that pathway of care. Um, but there's a number of people who don't have that. So how do we support and enable that population if it's something that they want to use? And I think that's so, and you know, I, we, we very often as a, as a parent, we are, you know, I'm a lot often worried about uh, sometimes unnecessarily, but about something and the, the response that I receive is always incredible, you know, and, and it puts my mind at rest. Li little things like, you know, being able to navigate through 111 and then potentially book a appointment direct in one of our urgent treatment centers so that I don't have to go to the emergency department and add and become you know, and, and to add to the already busy part department, it's about how do we share what is possible through various bulletins and newsletters through the ICB so that it is so that these other options are known and available and accessible and supported. Um, and I think, you know, in, in terms of benefit, um, another thing um, that, that, that I've just, I was just thinking about, so we talked about collaboration and benefit to patients as well. So, um, Within the um, Integrate Care Board, we've, we're running a, a research um, program. Which there's so there's been over 450 very kind patients who have given their time and their information to take part in a wearable technology pilot. So what it's enabled us to do is almost so track a number of um, physiological um, health attributes um, over a period of six months to allow us to collect data and then cross-reference that against, so which services are those people um, then in contact with? So that we can start looking at, so can digital and can data help us predict the local population health needs? 
So is there something that happens two weeks before this person needs care that could be, from an interventional perspective, paid attention to or alerted? And Lincolnshire is one of the, the, the four pilot areas within the country. We're still um, very early in that. But in terms of benefit to a population, by a number of people saying, yes, I want to participate, which is amazing. And a lot of people have said, I can't believe this isn't happening already. Um, and, but I actually feel privileged to be part of this. It's, it's, for me, it's the, the so what bit. So how do we then take that information and help build a supportive collaborative service that's working with our patients so that again if it's appropriate and they have the skills and confidence to do it how can we support them to manage aspects of their own healthcare and alert the people who need to know when they need to know um so i i i'm a massive advocate for it as you can tell um and it, it does feel like there's huge opportunities um we haven't got it right yet we've got a long way to go but i think we're we're trying and we're we're we're, we're having a good go fantastic thank you so much jimmy that's really passionate came across as well so thanks um carolyn anything to add yeah it, it's really great to hear about uh, about about the things that happening in, in other organizations as well and to to look to see how we can get involved in that work but in terms of uh what's currently available Thank you for doing the shout out for us, my GP, I have to say. I absolutely agree. I think it's it's an amazing service that I think the majority of our, our surgeries have. Um, internally within within Lincolnshire Partnership, within LPFT, we've we've very much built on the the use of teams uh, as we as we rolled out over the, the, the last couple of years and have consolidated um our offer to our patients around virtual visits so virtual visits uses microsoft teams and uses the microsoft bookings app so it's taking advantage of our n365 licensing um, and we offer all of our online consultations um, via that medium so um, it's very easy for our patients that, that they're literally getting an invite sent to them via email they can access then on their on their phone tablet laptop whatever they've got and to be able to undertake that online consultation um i think it's, it's very real around them perhaps not having that technology so what we do have is a program around tech for loan so that we can loan something so if they're doing if, if we have a patient that's perhaps doing a a 10-week group then we have the ability uh, which has been in pilot but we are now looking at rolling out further to be able to loan them um, a laptop or no sorry a tablet for that 10-week period so that they would be able to do access in that way if that's their preferred medium to access because of course we do continue to do face-to-face -face work as well we just have more options now than we would have had previously and with the the very um, large rural area that we work across um, as Jimmy's already mentioned um, it's often easier for people because we don't have great public transport networks um, and we are the second largest county in the country. So we, we cover a very large space. Um, I think the other things that we have are within our EPRs, within um, mental health, we use the IAPTUS EPR as well as Rio EPR. IAPTUS is around psychological therapies and there's a number of things within that system to support our patients in terms of being able to self-record their proms their their um their 
the performance outcome measures, um, texting appointment reminders, those sorts of things. And then we are going to be introducing the ability to be able to book and rebook your appointment directly so you don't have to phone up and wait for somebody and talk to somebody. You can do all of that online. And I think some of the things that we've done in terms of benefits to the citizens that we've been doing in the background this last year um, is the interface with the care portal, with the shared care record, as, as mentioned before. But also, as we've got two EPRs, they didn't used to talk to each other. They do now. So if a patient presents to any of our services, that clinician has the benefit of knowing the history of that patient and being able to see any previous records, no matter which EPR that it's on. Lovely, lovely. Thank you very much. And Steve, you'd like to come back in? Happy yeah, to yeah, it's great. I was just going to say, it's great to hear people are using the online consultation systems and having having good experiences with those. Uh, Ask My GP is one of the ones that we use. We use three or four different um, systems across the county. Um, I myself use, uh, my practice uses something called eConsult, and I had a similar experience myself to Jimmy where I needed some help with some medication and the service was brilliant. So it's really good to hear that the people are benefiting from that. And we do get really good feedback from the public when they when they start to use this. We get very positive feedback from them. Um, and I think the other thing I wanted to mention is, um, I talked a little bit earlier about some point of information kiosks, touchscreen kiosks that we're putting out there. And it just made me think around our collaborative working because I know that Carolyn's team um, some time ago put some 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 booths out into or, or um, units out into the, into the community, and um, we now have a system wide group that are looking at digital inequalities and making sure that we work together. Um, so we'll be able to give them content to put on those um, touch screens. They'll be able to give us their content to put on our touch screens, um, and that also includes you know other people that we're working with, the voluntary sector, as Jimmy. Um, touched on before, but also, you know, around the, the local authority and uh, our, di our, our district councils who are able to give us information that can go onto those screens as well. Um, so it might be around housing, it might be around accessing um, your, your services, your local authority services. So, so the collaborative work really has brought that opportunity together for us to make sure that the information that we put out to citizens is really joined up. Um, and then, then that empowers them to take control of their own health and welfare and join it up for themselves as well, um, which is really exciting from my point of view. Fantastic. Yeah, we've touched on engagement and um, empowering the patient there. Is there anything that you wanted to add on how you can increase the engagement of online consultations and making sure that the population have the confidence in accessing these um, options online. Open yeah, to the floor. For, for me, it's it, it it really is about giving giving um, the population the information they need and the confidence. And the way that we can do that is to work with our um, our patient groups from, from our practices and from our areas. Um, work with colleagues um, around wherever we've got an opportunity for um, some really good marketing cons that we all take advantage of that. Um, so, so if I'm putting out something with primary care, I will check to see if there's something that dovetails into that from the other areas of the system that can be added to it. Um, for instance, we, we did some promotional work around the NHS app um, towards the end of last year, but we also then included wider um, uh, systems on that and um, on a system that I'm kind of going to have trouble remembering what it's called now, but it's a system that allows you to, to see where um, there is a capacity in urgent care. Um, so you can go onto an app, you can look at the app and you can say that, you know, that 
that Lincoln County Hospital is is a little bit less busy, or or it'll direct you to a pharmacy that's open. Um, so so we 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 push that um, um, that marketing out as well around that, and I think it's important that we think about marketing rather than comms. In the NHS, we we generally sort of tend to think about communications and in and and engagement. We don't really think about marketing ourselves really well, and I think that's something that we need to 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 really embrace now. You know, to market what we do to the public. Perfect. Thank you so much, Steve. Does anyone else want to add to that? I think also it's about it's it's about taking opportunities to tell your story, and and I think it, it you know it, we've talked about some good experiences today, but it's about good and bad because then you can learn and you can share and. Personally, I kind of, I, I tend to approach it, but I'll talk to anybody. Um, it's not, not everyone appreciates that, but I think, you know, in the local communities with neighbours, it's about, did you know that this is available? Did you know that actually I didn't have to go into my GP surgery because I did this? Or actually, no, I needed, I needed to, but because there was additional capacity, I managed to get seen in, you know, however, however many hours or days, depending on, on the activity. Um, but I think it's just about sharing our experiences. I think that's helped us with our relationships within digital. Um, and, and as we continue to learn, that's going to help us shape the future of services. Um, and, or, and also, I suppose, that empowerment that is, we are a finite number of people, very small number in compared to our population. So how do we help? To as many people within Lincolnshire with as many advocates as we can. Um, I, I, that's that's kind of my thought and approach. Um, yeah, it's yeah. Thanks, Jimmy. No, that's that's wonderful. Um, I just want to ask if anyone wants to add to anything we've discussed today, or uh, what your thoughts are. I think that there is one thing that I wanted to to add in, and um, and I think that is to recognise the the role of the, although she's only started recently, but the role of our CDIO, who's Kathy, Kathy Fullaway. Um, and Kathy's only only recently joined us, but has very much been facilitating us to understand and to build on that digital strategy for the system. Um, and it is very much system led that 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 we are all involved with that. Um, and that's been a really a really positive piece of work. So, so I think it's good having having our CDIO, who is the system CDIO, so isn't linked to any one particular health or care um, organisation, but works with all of us. Uh, and I think that makes a huge difference. Oh, I'm sure she'll appreciate that shout out as well. Um, definitely. Uh, before we end the podcast, any other comments or anything else? Anyone wants to add? It's been a great podcast episode. I'd like to say thank you so much for the lovely guests for sharing their thoughts in today's conversation. And once again, our guests have been Jimmy, Steve and Carolyn. If you're hiring for a new technical role or looking for a new role, feel free to get in touch with us here at Evolution. Or if you or anyone you know would like to be featured on a future podcast, you can drop me a message too. I'm Rose Sullivan and you can find me on LinkedIn or email me at rose.sullivan at evolution-contract.co.uk or visit us on our website. Thanks again to all our guests and thank you for listening. We hope you can join us next time.